Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children and anarchists of all ages, welcome to the Dark Lord Reapers United States of Anarchy podcast. Who am I? I'm the man without a plan, the Dark Lord himself, the Nightmare King, giving you unapologetic truth and hardcore facts. If you don't like what I have to say, two words, don't listen. This podcast is for real people, real topics, and real situations. And while you're at it, boycott my inbox, boycott my social media, boycott anything with my name attached to it. If you're looking for celebrity gossip, this is not the podcast for you. This podcast is for real topics, for real people, and real situations. So this podcast is, as always, my movie, TV, video game, trailer, and toy, as of now, food and toy reviews. So we are going to go over the recent episodes of Power, Mayans MC, Godfather of Harlem, Batwoman, Black Lightning, as well as review the new movie Three from Hell, which is the sequel to The Devil's Rejects, Marvel Legends toy review, and a few restaurant food reviews. As well as whatever shows I can... Oh yes, and My Hero Academia. So when we'll get back, when we get back from the introduction, we'll start talking about Power, the most recent episode of Power. And we're back, so we are talking TV, trailer, movie, video game, toy, and food reviews. So, the most recent episode of Power. Woof! Rest in peace to Keisha. We all saw it coming. And if you didn't see it coming, you ain't been paying attention. Honestly, from where I'm standing, Keisha got Keisha killed. Let me explain to you why. It's not a secret what Tommy did. She knew Tommy was heavy in the streets. Her good friend, Tasha, warned her. Ghost tried to pay her to go away the same way he did with Holly in season one or season two. Tried to pay her to leave Tommy alone. Tried to pay her to go away. Tommy's own mother warned her, look, you're not the one for my son but she was loyal to his lifestyle loyal to what his lifestyle provided not loyal to Tommy because just like Daniel Hernandez who I talked about in a previous episode her gangster was tested and it failed she stood tall in most in other investigations when the feds were coming at her because of ghost and she stood tall because she really didn't know anything this time didn't go that well Sachs, agent Sachs, finally got put in his place like this episode he was just grasping for straws until he finally got himself fired he should have never approached Tyreek at his new school he should have never did that he went at Andre went at him that snake bastard and we'll get to him in a second. So basically what we all didn't see coming is that Tasha was the one to kill Keisha. When Tasha saw the agreement that she signed via Agent Blanca, 
that woman is no holds barred because she pulled Tasha over, Keisha over, sorry, and try and told and basically confiscated her son. And anybody, any woman that's a good woman and, a, and really loves their children will do anything, even if it includes, in, including becoming a confidential informant. She was planning to run away, or so she says. She and Tasha got into a big fight. Now, I thought Tasha would have let her go. Let her get her son, Cash, and let her go. Wasn't the case. So I'm keeping an eye. To, I'm going to keep an eye on what happens with that. What happens with that? Because she killed her. So now this is another complication on Tommy, which is eventually going to lead back to Ghost. Speaking of Ghost, Ghost tried to have a heart once again. Had to, tried to have a heart to heart with Tariq. It's like I'm naming the basketball and certain things after you. And he's like trying to talk to him, like son. I left the streets behind. I want you to do the same thing too. And he's like, and Tariq was like, like you did. He's like, yeah, Agent Sachs approached me today and was asking me about what happened to Ray Ray a season or two before when he killed the cop that killed his twin sister, Raina. He's like, don't worry. I didn't say anything just like you taught me. Tyreek is all the way gone in the streets. There's no more hope for this kid. And his mother is partially to blame because she's teaching him how to be an effective drug dealer. Like, what mother does that? Like, she needs to be slapped. Because every time Ghost tries to get his son on the straight and narrow, hear her ass come. Try, and undermining Ghost. Every time he tries to discipline his son, the way we all know that Tariq needs to be disciplined, here she come shielding him. And that needs to stop. When you are a parent... Both of you guys got to be on the same page in terms of discipline. You can't be undermining each other. But that's another conversation. That's a different conversation for another episode. Dre, his snake ass, after Tariq didn't tell the truth about what happened, how he even found Ray Ray. After, after he just gave Tariq a brick of cocaine, he, once again, his snitching ass, um... Dre has no loyalty to anyone. In fact, he called Ghost to tell him, like, you know, I can't go to the meeting with the distro, Jason, because I still got the ankle monitor on me. And Ghost let him know, like, look, the, the deal is dead. He's like, as long as you got that thing on me, as long as you got that ankle bracelet, don't come near me. Don't come anywhere. Don't come anywhere near me. And I'm serious. And Ghost will do something to him. Speaking of do something to him. When Tommy and Ghost found out that. You know the feds have been coming at Keisha. And coming at Tariq. They paid Agent Sachs a visit. And boy this was a long time coming. They almost killed him had it not been for Ghost. And Ghost basically said look you owe me one. So we're going to see how that goes. Councilman Tate got his comeuppancy in this episode as well. If we remember, he was caught banging his strategist, his strategist's wife. She's out of the picture now. So during this episode, during when Councilman Tate, he brought him along, the guy whose wife he was sleeping with, and Ghost and K 
Pat Tate was like, what's he doing here? And he's like, I think that it would look good if he was here, blah, blah, blah. So he violated the one rule that you don't do if you're going to be on TV. Always know, always, always know the microphone is on. And Councilman Tate, feeling himself, as per the norm, ran his mouth, talking real reckless. And everybody in the room heard what he said on the mic. So basically, the the guy whose wife he slept with got his revenge. But Ghost paid for it ultimately because you could see that Ghost knew about it. So ultimately, this episode was good. It was a good episode, left a cliffhanger. So this episode of Power, I give it a I give it a 10 out of 10. I give it a 10 out of 10. God damn it. So uh when we get back, we are gonna go over the latest episode of Mayans MC. And we're back. So movie trailer and TV, video game, and food toy review. So we are reviewing the latest episode of Mayans MC. So the episode picks up a few weeks where the last the previous episode left off. Easy is staying at his older brother's um Angel's house because as we know, the previous episode Angel went to rescue his baby mama, Adelita, but she stayed. So the club is worried about his mental health and his mental state. But he's convincing everyone that he's okay, he's okay, he's okay. So now, it's revealed to them later on in this episode that El Patrino, a.k.a. Marcus Alvarez, the founder of the Mayans MC, now he's working with the Galindo cartel directly as an advisor to Galindo, is snatched up by the militia, the uh, mercenary crew. And they torture this man mercilessly. Like, you see him all busted up, whatever the case is, right? Ernesto, Galindo's childhood friend and head of security, he's ran off the road pursuing to find, like, you know, what happened to Galindo. Um, to Alvarez so he puts in a call lets them know that El Petrino's been taken he's in trouble so around that time Easy and Angel get a visit from Happy Happy's been helping them find out who ordered the hit on on their father their mother and father what's implied that it could be he gave them paperwork, so it could have come from Lobo Sonera, or it could have come from Galindo, the Galindo cartel himself. So, it's it's get, it's getting to the point where it could be a problem. So, when they find out what's up, what happened to El Patrino, Happy is like, so they, because they didn't want him to know what was going on, they say, you know, Happy was dropping off some paperwork from Stockton. So, President Bishop just looked the other way. He was like, "All right, we gotta go ride out. We gotta go help El. We gotta help El Patrino." And I like how the show consistently makes callbacks to Jacks and Jack Teller and SOA. Happy says, "You know, 
Jax would want me to help if Marcus, if Alvarez is in trouble. So they got Happy on retainer to put in work because we all know Happy's a soldier. That's what he does. Meanwhile, the deal that Emily had to do the development, she got outbidded by the Chinese because someone leaked the paperwork. So she puts a call into Easy to help her out. Her relationship with Easy is is becoming very toxic and horrendous. And we'll explain that in a minute. So they tortured Alvarez mercilessly, like I said. They peeled his fingernails back one by one. They spiked one of his hands, as a matter of fact. Alvarez figured out that it was the mercenary crew. Now, in all honesty, this was com- this was a long time coming because the Mayans had killed a few of his people and they had been secretly working with Adelita the whole time while the militia was hunting Adelita and her rebels. So this is so this was only a matter of time before they started getting to him. So he's like, alright. Alvarez had the wherewithal to look around at his surroundings and he sent a coded message in Spanish to both the cartel and the Mayans to come, let them know where they're at. So they put two and two together. Angel stepped up and shows that he, you know, can be useful at times, considering that he's the club secretary for the Santo Padre Charter and put two and two together and figured out where they're holding El Patrino, which they did. And of course, they slaughtered the militia. They never even saw it coming. They get to El Patrino and they give him a gun to kill the leader. And Easy's like, nah, this is more personal. And the guy was like, the information you gave me was wrong. And El Patrino was like, nope, the information I gave was right. He should learn Spanish. And bashed his head in with a, with a monkey wrench. Simultaneously, Lincoln Potter, who has become like the puppet master, so to speak. He's let it be known that Adelita is at their detention center and she's resting up, whatever the case may be, until her child is born. So I don't know if they're going to go back and and revisit that storyline because that storyline needs to be revisited. Amongst other things that remain unresolved with the Mayans from season one up until now. So at the end of this episode, Easy goes to pay. Easy and Emily talk and she convinces this guy because she figured out who ratted her out and who outbidded her so she sends she sends easy to go over there and talk to him talk to the guy come to find out easy and this guy went to school and easy is like he's like yo you were supposed to make it you were the college guy supposed to go to college do all the like you know have the american dream he's like i heard now that like you're He's like, now I see it's true. Like, you're really down with the biker lifestyle. So he's talking to him, like, letting him know, like, look, like, you need to dead the deal with the with the with the Chinese on this development deal. And he's like, oh, so Emily sent you over here, huh? He's like, yo, you need to just forget about her. And he was real disrespectful what he said. He's like, yo, she's just a cartel whore now. Of course, easy. That was like his love didn't take too kindly to the fact that he referred to um emily as a whore so the two like the dude reached for his gun him and easy get into a quick scuffle for the gun the dude picks it up 
and he's pulling on the gun. Easy's pulling on the gun. So Easy lets go, and the gun goes to his under his chin and it goes off. So now it looks like the guy committed suicide. Simultaneously, Lincoln Park is trying to call the mercenaries to find out what's up, and I guess he knows at this point they're all dead. So he hands his assistant a piece of paper. He's like, yo, start looking into these two. And on the paper, you see the names Ignacio Cortia and Felipe Reyes, the father of Angel and Easy. So we, I think we know where this is going. Overall, I give the episode an 8 out of 10 because the action wasn't like the because personally I would rather the show focus more on the on the club and less on the cartel things that don't that are ex but I guess because the club's involvement with the cartel is so intertwined and I'd like to have some more backstory on the other characters so far the only people who have gotten proper character development are Coco Easy Angel and we know a little bit about the VP Taza. We don't know much about, and we got a little bit more history on Bishop. But I'd like to know more about the Sergeant at Arms and other members of the club. So that's it for this review of Minds MC. When we come back, we're going to review the first three episodes of Empire. And we're back. So this this uh, this segment is my review of the first three episodes of Empire. This is the final season of Empire, people, because of the controversy and everything surrounding it. So the story picks up basically episodes one. So I'm just gonna go a brief run through episodes one through three. So because the feds have been after Lucius after the ending of last season, he's been in hiding, and. Quick side note, Hollywood, we're going to need y'all to get some better dreadlock wigs because these wigs are horrendous that you guys be using. Had people clowning Terrence Howard on online, talking about bad main forward, bad main pull up. <laughs> but overall, so it picks up with with um, Lucius and he picks, he gets a new girl. Come to find out that is the daughter of his current rival. Damon Cross, who is paid by played by Wood Harris. You may remember him from Remember the Titans, Above the Rim, and for his breakout role in as Aval Barksdale in The Wire. So, I actually had the pleasure of meeting him. He's tall. He's a tall guy. So anyway, so Lucius is on the run for the first two episodes, out in hiding. Andre's expecting another child this time he gets he gets to have his son and basically empire seems to be running smoother but andre is starting to have a psychotic break but he's back like you know he's having like he's starting to see visions he's starting to hallucinate again he's starting to have hallucinations if you remember last season he had heart complications and he got, the comp- he got a transplant from his half-brother that shot himself in front of Lucius. So, so far the season is starting off, but it shows like a prequel scene where someone finally guns down Lucius. The question is, who's the one that does it? 
Last episode, episode three, we saw Frida Gatz. Now, if we all remember, Frida Gatz has a gr- an axe to grind with him for murdering her father, Frankie Gatz, a known gangster in Philly. He had her. He had her father killed while he was in prison in season, yeah, season two. So, in other words, let's see what happens in that regard. Jamal, his character isn't coming back because we saw, we know what's going on in the media. I really don't want to get into it. Disappointed. But the first three episodes of Empire, there's so much things that happen. It even touched on with um, Hakeem's baby mother, Tiana. It even touched on the topic of abortion, the sensitive topic, pro-choice or pro-life. Pro-life, pro-choice. And it went to all aspects. So, for the first three episodes, the first episode of Empire, I give it a 6 out of 10. Because, you know, you're just getting your feet wet to find out what's happening. The second episode, I give it a 7. The third episode, because of what happened, like, Damon Cross, he really went there. Because Lucius stole from him from his brother who keeps all his records whatever the case is his brother was played by mario van peebles i did not see that coming need to see that brother because mario van peebles was like for those of you who have no idea who he is marvel van peebles was tyler was the tyler perry of the 80s early 90s like he was the one putting out black films posse new jack city um um full moon and the um gang in blue and the list goes on so, I'm interested to see how far this season of Empire goes. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the first episode of Black Season 3 of Black Lightning. And we're back. So we're doing TV movie trailer reviews. So... We're starting off, so this segment is the Black Light, the first episode of Black Light, Season 3, Episode 1 Review. So, so Black Lightning, in just like any, so last season, sorry, the kids that were kidnapped in Freeland and put into pods because they had powers, all their pods have been opened. So, the government stepped in and are housing these kids in the facility basically Freeland has been put on lockdown martial laws in Freeland because of the drug green light and all that so Jefferson is one of those people who are being held against not held against his will but he's being held they're doing experiments on his powers because a lot of them because they say that they are housing them until they are free of their powers not true i don't believe that because i believe all those kids all the meta kids who have powers they are trying to weaponize this militant group is trying to weaponize them because they claim that the marsovians are trying to do the same thing which could be true or couldn't be true jefferson pierce aka black lightning and his wife are being held in the same facility the same vicinity as What's his name? Tobias Wells, his arch nemesis and heated rival. He's downstairs, never to be coming out. And he's being interrogated about what was in the green box, what was in the briefcase, so on and so forth. 
But I don't think Tobias Well, and he's looking bad. I mean, like, his hair looking bad. Oh, that dude looking bad. And they mentioned that he was taking this drug that kept him younger, kept him, that made him stronger, all that. So he's not being able to get his hands on this drug since he's been incarcerated. So I wonder if that's going to have any effects. I'm just curious. Apparently, Lala, a.k.a. Tattoo Man, he's still alive. I thought he was dead, but still there. So, Black Lightning's daughters are still out, you know, dealing with the curfew, what have you. Gamby, he's gone underground. He's hiding. So, the people of Freeland are upset. They were like, yo, where's Black Lightning? He abandoned us again. And a lot of people are upset with him. So, they're looking to his daughter's alter ego, which is Blackbird, who's basically been taking on the militia and helping the kids, the pod kids, escape out of Freeland so the last episode ended with her being knocked out from a bomb and she was found so the episode like the the playing field has been reset and the head of this militia that is run by the government who's taking over Freeland is being played by the actor who played Braxton the Jamie Foxx show it ain't this dude this dude is different He's a meta just like Black Lightning, but he has the ability to copy anyone's powers and use it against them. So it's going to be interesting to see him and Black Lightning or Thunder mix it up. So the first episode of season three, I give it a nine out of ten. Solid nine out of ten. So when we come back, we are going to review... Uh, what did I see? Yes, we are going to review the most recent episode of Batwoman. And we're back. So we're doing TV movie trailer reviews. So this segment, we are reviewing episode two, season one of Batwoman. So the episode picks up right where it left off. Batwoman, Batwoman, she um, basically restored hope in the city because apparently, according to the storyline, it's been three years since Batman had been seen. So no one even knows where Bruce Wayne is at this point. So she's filled in the role. So people, just like when Bruce Wayne became Batman, Batman sighting here, Batman sighting there. And people are upset with the militia that is in Gotham City, the Crows. She's determined to prove that the leader of the recent gang, the Wonderland gang or whatever they're called, Alice, is her biological sister. Somehow, someway, Alice knows that her sister, Cassie, is is the name Batman. This episode was more of a filler episode because it's more like she didn't really, wasn't that much action. But the son of Lucius Fox, Lucan, is basically now her Alfred. So, like, she's writing to Bruce, looking through his stuff, looking to guidance to how to be an effective Batman. If you're familiar with the character in the comics, she was trained by her father. That is true. And she's Batman's cousin. Yes, this is true. But 
she made it clear that she was not a part of the Batman family. She operated independently and did what she wanted. So a lot of people didn't like that, but she was embraced because like, you know, that's still Batman's cousin. So he tried to see with her, but he made it clear, like, you know, certain things you ain't going to be doing, running around using my emblem and besmirching the name Batman. So this episode, I give it a three out of four, a three out of four, because it was more filler episode and more monologue and all that. So when we get back, we're going to talk about the most recent episode of Godfather of Harlem. we're back so we are talking tv movie trailer reviews so godfall of Harlem, episode three picks up when they're going over bumpy johnson's trying to find a steady source of heroin meanwhile the chin his rival the chin has a problem one of his boys shows up one of his associates that he had a problem with shows up like you know do find like the heroin that he was expecting to get in the drum guys chopped up so the the big boss that represents the interests of the five families is telling him like look this guy named banana he wants harlem da 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 so the chin is telling him like look um i'm not sharing harlem harlem is supposed to be my territory so now the chin has a problem on all fronts it's problem with his daughter problem with bump well not so much a problem with bumpy well yes he has a problem with bumpy because he wants control of all of harlem and bumpy is a problem and he feels a way that the families are behind bumpy more than they are him he feels a way about that but eventually that's gonna come to a head but enough about the mob the um the mob shit bumpy's daughter who we was revealed um last episode to have a problem with heroin the same thing that bumpy johnson is looking to sell wholesale she shoplifts and she got caught and she was arrested naturally she was roughed up in front of the store in front of the store whatever so they take her to the precinct and she gets raped in the precinct by a black police officer the white police officer is like yo what are you doing and he's like she's a junkie what the hell is she gonna say so bumpy johnson finds out that she was arrested and the fact that she was roughed up and so many people saw it malcolm x his friend malcolm x got involved so now it wasn't even so much of the fact that she was shoplifting it was the fact that she was treated so harshly and like really brutalized well i wouldn't say brutalized but like she tried to run and they tackled her so it became a shut the store down kind of thing it turned into a life on its own the situation turned into something else so bumpy johnson went down to the police station and the guys like look um i don't want you guys to shut my store down we can be reasonable whatever the case is and malcolm x is like maybe your store needs to be shut down 
So meanwhile, Reverend Powell, who is running for some kind of political office in Harlem, who has a who has a rivalry with um Malcolm, he's out here basically doing things a reverend's not supposed to be doing. Sorry for that. Mike my mic moved away from my hand. So when he become when it becomes word of what's going on. What happened to the girl? To Bumpy's daughter. God dang it. When it becomes public knowledge of what happened. When it becomes public knowledge of what happened. It becomes like a battle cry. For what happened to her. Then she reveals that she was raped by one of the officers. She looked at the white officer. Because she didn't see if it was a black officer or not. Well, she knows it was the black officer. She's like, this officer raped me. Bumpy Johnson flew into a rage and was ready to snap the dude's neck. And guns had to be pulled on him, all types of stuff. So ultimately, that situation was rectified. And we'll talk about that in a second. (laughs) Woo! So they have a rally outside of the store. And... Reverend Powell is like, we need to show love in our heart, love in our heart, love in our heart. Basically preaching the Christian thing. So Malcolm X goes up there and preaches his rhetoric of what he was saying. And he was like, how are you going to teach them to love with their heart? And it's not their heart that's hurting. So it gets to the point where she has a heart to heart with her father and reveals to her that the officer that raped her was black and bumpy was like why did this happen like why did you say anything she's like we got to protect our own they protect their own so we got to protect ours and we deal with them internally to a certain extent i agree with so she goes and makes a speech that a lot even now that speech would do a lot of people here some good and i agreed with everything she said in that speech meanwhile the daughter of the chin her boyfriend came back out of hiding from down south. They're meeting up on the roof, whatever the case is. His mother isn't happy, and she's like, you're just her, you know. So obviously, her mother, his mother's words have poisoned her against him, poisoned him against her. So she's all heartbroken and whatnot. The chin isn't worried about that because he thinks the guy that supposedly took her out on a date killed her black boyfriend, but he just killed the dude's friend. So, the chin isn't too worried about that. But I'm going to pay attention to that aspect of the story. So the, sto- so, the episode ends where Bumpy gets a hold of the officer who actually did rape his daughter. And has him tied up the same way that the dude that tried to shoot him in the first episode that tried to do the hit. So, he's up there like begging Oh, Mr. Johnson, I'm sorry I didn't know it was your daughter. If I knew I'd have let her go, it wouldn't have happened. Please don't kill me. So Bumpy's looking down at him. He's like, nah, man. I ain't gonna kill you. I got something special. Killing you is too good for you. We got something just for you. In the first episode, they brought in a dude named Buster to interrogate the guy that tried to kill Bumpy to find out who it was. Come to find out, they his name is like, yeah, 
meet my friend Big Dick Buster. So Big Dick Buster is a big dude with muscles and he start undoing his pants. So I think we all know what happened to the raping cop. <laughs> dude started crying. So that episode of Godfather Harlem, I give it a eight out of I give it a I give it a ten out of ten because of that speech that his daughter made. Which reminds me, at the end of the episode, the ending montage, it showed that she handcuffed herself to a radiator to detox herself from heroin. Finally. Because it's like she was finally ready to get clean. Because if you don't hit that rock bottom, it won't matter what you do. So I give the episode a 10 out of 10. When we come back, I'm going to rep I'm going to review the first episode of season four of My Hero Academia. And we're back. So this segment is about My Hero Academia. Excuse me. So last season ended. If you're unfamiliar, this is an anime. Where like, this is an anime where in the world, people are coming up with superpowers, but they call them quirks. The main character, Midoriya, he always wanted to be a superhero because of, in their storyline, the greatest superhero of all time, All Might. His power is called All for One. So he inherits All Might's powers. He gets to go to a school called UA that trains people to become superheroes. So he's a freshman in the school along with his classmates. So season four picks up where this news reporter basically is trying. He goes say he's doing a piece on the UA students. But the truth of the matter is he's just trying to find out the identity of the successor to Alt Might because Alt Might basically lost his powers in his last fight with um, One for All the leader of the syndicate for villains or something like that I can't remember their name at the moment so after Alt Might used up the last of his powers he pointed to the camera and said "It's your now it's your turn which he was basically pointing to Midoriya and Bakugo and the UA students. So he basically, this episode didn't really show much. Didn't show much of anything. It wasn't really that much action film, but it was more of him trying to deduce the, which he did. He's like, you're the successor to All Might. So he's like, I'm not going to say anything. I just wanted to meet you because like the day, this attack that basically ended All Might's career where he couldn't really be a hero person like that anymore. His father, the reporter, his father was the one Alt Might saved on camera. So he basically just wanted to meet the person who is going to be the successor to All Might. So this episode, because it was really action-packed or not much happened in this storyline, I'm going to get this one a solid 4 out of 10. Just because nothing really happened. But I know it's going to be action-packed going forward when we come back in the next segment we're gonna in the spirit of halloween we're going to review the most recent movie i watched and we're back so this segment i'm going to do a brief review of the 
most recent horror film I saw, Three from Hell, which is the sequel to The Devil's Rejects. So the storyline picks up right after, right basically where it left off, and it shows what happened to The Devil's Rejects. Apparently, after those three, when they still ended, when they were walking towards the cops, what happens is they got into a vicious shootout that was supposed to kill them. But they all survived miraculously. And they basically stirred up a cult following. Some people were saying those they should be free. They were in love with um baby, with um baby fairy, and a lot of women loved Otis and the captain. Rest in peace of the captain, the actor actually passed. Which I guess is why they decided to kill the character off officially. The character gave a, 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 a interview before he died, before the character died, because he was given the death penalty. So Otis was still alive. Otis and his brother, Otis, his um, half brother, helped him escape, and they got what he did on camera. They got how he escaped on camera. He massacred all his fellow inmates and shot one of his fellow inmates in the head on camera. With um. And that character was played by Danny Trejo. And the movie was a very bloody movie. Baby, Big Baby, she was supposed to be paroled, but she was denied parole. Naturally, she was denied. And she headbutted one of the guards in the face, breaking her nose. So that guard decided to get revenge and tried to get two crazy inmates to get at her, and it backfired. Because the movie is still fresh and it's that good, I can't give you too many spoilers. But it's worth your while if you're looking for a gore fest. Rob Zombie did his thing. I give this one a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. So when we get back, I'm going to do my toy review. And we're back, so we are doing movie, trailer, and TV, video game, and toy reviews. And Disney just dropped the new trailer for the live-action Lady and the Trap, one of my personal favorite Disney movies. We see all the classic characters returning, the dialogue, special scenes, we get more in-depth look at the tramp the Siamese cats lady it looks good and I'm looking forward to it it's supposed to debut on the streaming service next month November 12th of next month so look out for that if you are a fan of the old school Disney um, animated films another another um Disney product that's supposed to be dropping later on this year is The Mandalorian, which is a spinoff from Star Wars, face, focusing on a bounty hunter who is Mandalorian, uh, which is a part of the Mandalorian race. And we'll, when that show drops on the streaming service, we're going to do a review of it as well. I'm also a fan of Star Wars, and I'm looking forward to the last, the Rise of Skywalker with Star Wars, the last Star Wars film to come out as well as Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, is 
dropping soon, starring Angelina Jolie returning to her role as the godmother. I think I reviewed the trailer for that. So look out for that. As well as new movie dropping Harriet, which is the biopic story of Moses, aka I mean Harriet Tubby, aka Moses. So look out for that. When we come back, we got some more reviews for you. And we're back. So this is TV, movie, trailer, video game, and toy review. So in this episode, being that, you know, the holiday season is basically around the corner. You know, the kids are looking for new toys, whatever. Marvel Legends has been banging it out lately. This year, they've given us figures that we've needed. We got the Gambit, Jubilee. We didn't get a Marvel Legends Jubilee prior. That was a builder figure. So, at this year's Comic-Con, they dropped the new figures that will be coming out 2020 sometime later on this year. We're getting a new Warpath. We're getting the X-Men version of Deadpool. We're getting a new Fantastic Four with their new outfits. We're getting a Doctor Doom. We're supposed to be getting a Superior Octopus, which for those of you who are unaware and haven't been reading the comic books, Doctor Octopus, he cloned cloned himself using... No, he cloned Peter Parker. He cloned a body, Peter Parker, and put his mind into that body. So now he has the strength, agility, and all that of Peter Parker. So now he's the superior octopus. So we're getting that action figure, the white rabbit, all that. The articulation is basically the same on most of those. Hasbro has been knocking it out the park. So Hasbro, keep doing your thing. In terms of DC multiverse action figures, Mattel has lost the contract, but McFarlane is going to pick it up. So, just as how, just as they were starting to get their stride, Mattel gave up the contract. I'm like, oh, come on. I, I, it's disappointing. Also, Hasbro dropped what's to come for the Star Wars Black series. They put out the classics. They So, if you're trying to get an Anakin Skywalker action figure, I would suggest you pick one up now. They recently dropped the new Darth Sidious with interchangeable heads and hands. Looks good with the cloth robe and all that. Earlier this year, they dropped a Mace Windu. So if you're trying to cop that out action figure, you can do so as well. Um, the figures go for about uh, the standard $20 a piece. Pretty expensive, you know, but you probably could get a deal on Amazon or or um, eBay. You always could do that if you're a collector or so on and so forth. So, if that's what you try to do, go ahead. And that's it for this episode. Join me on my next episode where I do part two of The Street Code. And give you more in-depth look in the story of Daniel Hernandez. And give you more of parts of the story and part of the street code that y'all need to hear until next time rage against the machine stand up if you don't stand for something you fall for everything until next time ladies and gentlemen love peace chicken grease deuces